0: You know, uh, everyone hates waiting. Um, Nobody likes waiting around. Um, I'll tell you a few of the things I hate waiting on. I hate waiting in traffic. Can I get an amen? All right, so who loves traffic? All right, that's what I thought. So if you hate waiting on traffic, say amen to that because I hate waiting on traffic. I hate waiting at red lights. Can I get an amen? Amen. Man, red lights, they drive me nuts. Like I I, I get, it's like, you know, it's green and it's like right before you get there. Yellow and then red and you have to stop. And then you sit there and you sit there. And sometimes it seems like forever. But really like the average is like I think thir- 15 to, uh, I think it's like 30 seconds or something. Um, it, I looked up. But but still, it seems like you can sit there for minutes on end. And I hate Red lights, okay. Another thing that I hate waiting on, I hate sitting around and waiting on uh, uh, times at the airport, waiting in the airport. Who hates waiting in the airport? I'm talking the the line, the long lines, just to get. Uh, your ticket, and then the long lines to go through security, and you just sit there and you wait, and then the long, long time that you have to wait, you know, they tell you to get there like an hour and a half, two hours before your flight, and I think they do that just to make us wait, uh, because there's no reason for it whatsoever, but, you know, we do it, and we have to do it, right? And we sit around, and we just wait, and we wait, and then we get in the airplane, and everybody gets in, it's like, here we go, and it's like, no, no. Wait a little bit longer. You know we're not done getting everything prepared. You know the luggage isn't all in this thing. You're just gonna have to sit here and chill out for a while. Have you ever been on an airplane and you're sitting there waiting, and then um, and then they come over the little announcement thing, and the pilot's like, um, you know, we're waiting to uh, taxi out, folks. Uh, so if you'll just wait, you know, probably about 10-15 minutes, and uh, you know, blah blah. I'm like, no, I've been waiting all morning to get on this plane and leave. Right? I hate stuff like that I hate waiting around for little itty bitty things like that now you may think well come on what's the big deal about that uh, I hate it maybe you're a woman in here and you hate waiting on the water to boil like you just want boiling water right then and there right can I get an amen ladies all right and you have to sit there and wait now I mean I, I know I don't I don't cook uh, I want nothing to do with that Melissa does all that in the house thank God and um and I know that, you know, sometimes like, well, I, you know, like she said like yesterday, well, babe, uh, you know, we can't eat like right now because I have to wait for the chicken to defrost. You know, it's like, well, waiting and waiting for dinner, right? So instead of waiting all that time, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go pick up some food. And that's what we did because we, we didn't want to wait. Nobody likes waiting around all day, waiting around to eat, waiting around in airports, waiting around in traffic. Nobody likes that, um, And there's nothing fun and enjoyable about that. And, you know, I've come to find out that one of the hardest things, too, is waiting on the Lord. We get so frustrated in traffic, and then we pray about something, expecting an answer, and and then God just makes us wait. And he has us to wait. And it could be so frustrating. It could be just so just like, oh my gosh, God, like answer this prayer already or open this door already or do something already on my behalf, you know. And and, and, and sometimes we get so frustrated and just lost in waiting on the Lord. And listen, it's not easy. It's not easy, but it's totally worth it. It's not easy waiting around in the airport, but once you get to your destination... It's totally worth it. You don't think about all that time that you were in the lines. And you don't think about the security when you get to where you're going. Right? You get so frustrated waiting at a red light forever and ever. And then you get to where you're going and you don't even think about that red light. Like that's the past. You don't even think about that no more. And it's like that with the Lord. We get so frustrated and so lost and so confused waiting on God sometimes. But I've come to find out the longer the wait the better the reward. Come on, I need to say that again because some of y'all need to write this down because some of y'all have been waiting on a long time for some things. And listen, the longer the wait, the, the better the reward, the better the blessings, the better the outcome. Some of you have been waiting on that raise for a really long time. But if you would just wait a little bit for it more, just a little bit more, I promise you, it'll come your way and you'll be way blessed than you've ever experienced before in your life. Amen? God. I'm gonna get going too quick here. Alright. So we don't like waiting. Don't like waiting. You have ever been in a time in your life, in a season where you were waiting on the Lord, you were waiting on God, waiting on Him to answer a prayer, or whatever it may be. And you even said to yourself, Man, just God just doesn't make sense. Or this just doesn't make sense. Or God You make no sense sometimes. Has anybody ever thought that along the lines of that or maybe said that? Maybe maybe in a frustrated prayer or just in a moment where you just had your moment, you know. You just had that moment that just came up when you were just tired of waiting. We've all had that. There have been times in my life where I said, really, God, you don't make no kind of sense right now. Doing it this way, you don't make no kind of sense. Waiting this long, you make no kind of sense. And there have been times where I've even said that. And I know that in this room this morning, there are people that have said that, and there are people that are on the close on on the verge of saying, you know, God, you, you don't make any sense right now. Because you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting. You might be waiting to conceive in here. Just keep waiting. Just keep waiting. I know it's frustrating. I know you want to have a baby. Just keep waiting. You might be without a job right now, and you really need a job. You don't know what you're going to do if you don't get a job quick. I know it don't make no sense, but just wait. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord, and you'll see that thing come. You might be waiting to get married. You might be waiting to see that son or daughter get saved. Come on, can I get an amen? You might be waiting on a healing. Waiting. And Listen, I, I just hope, and it's my prayer this morning, as I've been praying really throughout this week, that, that there's some freedom in this house today. Amen. I believe that the waiting time is over for some of you. I believe that the season is coming to an end. I believe that door is finally coming open right now in Jesus' name. I believe that you will conceive if you haven't been able to. I believe right now that you will get a job if you're jobless. I believe right now that you will receive that raise. I believe right now and then this year and even this week, some of your sons and daughters are coming back into the kingdom of God. I believe it. Amen. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. Because I know something. Just because it doesn't make sense in that moment, just because it doesn't make sense during that time, does not mean God is not working. He is always working on our behalf. All things are working for my good. Listen, all things are working for your good. It may not look like it right now. It may not make sense right now. It may look like that's impossible, but he's working. He's working. Listen, any time you're waiting, it's because he's working. Oh, God, why don't you do something? He is. He's working right now. He's trying to figure out the exact path. He's trying to line everything up exactly the way it's supposed to be because he's not going to throw something at you and just leave you hanging. So he's got to get everything worked out. He's got to get all the bells and whistles together. He's got to cross the T's and dot the I's and make sure everything is correct before he gives it to you. So listen, anytime you're waiting, God is working. Some of you need to write that down. And remember that in the season of wait, in the season of sitting around where you feel like God is doing nothing for you, or you feel like you're just all alone, or you feel like you have you, just whatever the situation may be. Listen, God is working. He's working on your behalf. I am so, I'm so excited about that because I know that no matter what, every single day, right now, God is working for me. He's working for me. He's working for me, working for me right now. The prayers I prayed yesterday, the prayers I prayed this morning, he's working on those things right now. It may not come to pass right then and there in that moment, but if I would just wait a little bit longer so he can get everything perfected, come on, it's coming my way, amen? Come on, somebody say amen. He's always working on your behalf. And I love that about him because he's too good. He's always working. I know you're in John chapter 11. Let's just read it. Verses 1 through 16 says this. I love this story. It says, now a man was sick, Lazarus, from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. And it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So the sisters sent a message to him, sent a message to Jesus, Lord, The one you love is sick. So in other words, we know right here from the beginning that Jesus knew who Lazarus was. Lazarus knew who who he was. They were friends. They knew each other, okay? They had a connection already. She said, the one that you love is sick. Verse 4. When Jesus heard it, he said, this sickness will not end in death, but is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Not through him, but through it. In other words, through the healing. All right? Now, Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place that he was. Now, hold up right there. Jesus hears that his close friend, somebody that he loves, it says the one that he loves, the one he loves, he hears that he's sick. And he hears of this, and Jesus declares and prophesies, well, he's going to be all right. But then Jesus sits around and waits for two days before he goes and visits Lazarus. Now we start reading that and we think, oh my God, two days. Whoa. If this dude is already sick, two days later, man, that might be it. If he's really, really sick like the Bible says he is, then this dude might be going down quick. And why would Jesus wait around for two more days. Let's continue reading. So he stayed there two more days in the place where he was. Verse 7. Then after that, he said to the disciples, Let's go to Judea again. Rabbi, the disciples told him, Just now the Jews tried to stone you, and you're going there again? Jesus replied, Aren't there 12 hours in a day? I love Jesus. He's just so straightforward. He's just like, you, you try to back talk to him, he ain't going to take none of it, right? Aren't there 12 hours in a day, like all sarcastic? Like, come on, dude, really? Jesus answered, if anyone walks during the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world. If anyone walks during the night, he does stumble because the light is not in him. He said this, and then he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. Verse 12, then the disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will get well. Jesus, however, was speaking about his death, but they thought he was speaking about natural sleep. So Jesus then told them plainly, Lazarus has died. I'm glad for you that I wasn't wasn't there so that you may believe, but let's go to him. Then Thomas, called twin, said to his fellow disciples, Disciples, excuse me. Let's go so that we may die with him. Let's pray father i thank you lord for this scripture god i thank you lord for the life and the freedom god that you're going to bring into each and every person here today god we thank you right now father god lord that that doors and 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 just avenues god that we've been waiting on are coming open this week god we thank you lord that you're unlocking some things in our lives today we thank you lord that those prayers that we have been praying for weeks and months and even years god lord you are answering today god we thank you jesus lord that all this time that- that we've been waiting lord you have been working and you've been working for our good you've been working on our behalf and so today god we submit to the weight and we submit god to know father god that you're going to turn this thing around for our good jesus and father we just thank you god in advance lord for the freedom in this house that is being unleashed upon your people today we receive all that you have to offer us this morning and if you believe that i want you to say amen again Amen. Now, I love this story because it's amazing. It's just an amazing story. Here, Lazarus is dead. And Martha and Mary are just all shook up and just don't know what to do. They're just devastated. They, they have, you know, they're trying to figure out what to do and all that. And then Jesus is just chilling. He's just sitting a few cities away, just being with his disciples. It's just chilling. We've been here. can wait two more days. we am just going to hang out here for a little bit. Now, the story is amazing to me because Jesus eventually went and he healed Lazarus. But it's interesting, the timeline to this story. I think this story is amazing, and I love this story, not because Lazarus ends up getting healed, but because of the timeline and the time frame to this thing. Now, I did some some research and some study and I was in the office uh, one day this week and me and Diego were bouncing off of each other on some things and I, I, did some, I did some study into this whole waiting time and into this two days and into all of this stuff that, that is entailed in this story. You know the Bible says in, in verse 17 when you go on to the next scripture it, said, it says that when, when Jesus arrived uh, Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. So Jesus hears about it. He says, I'm going to wait for two days. And then he goes. And then when he gets there, Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days. So I'm like, wow, this is interesting. Now, we've all heard this story before. We all know the story of Lazarus. We all know that he gets healed. And, you know, we go from there, right? But I was interested in the timeline. I was interested in the, the timing of this healing. I was interested in why in the world Jesus waited 2 days. If he knew that he was sick and then all of a sudden he knew, I guess supernaturally in the spirit, that he was gone, he had fallen asleep. It says he was dead. He knew that he was dead at some point. So he knew that when he got there, this dude was going to be dead. He wasn't going to be sick anymore. He was going to be dead. He was already dead. It said he said, he's already asleep, right? And he gets there and it's been 4 days that Lazarus has been in the tomb. So I'm like, okay, first of all, I want to know where Jesus was because I want to know how long it took him to go from the place he was at to where Lazarus is because if it was literally the next village, it would make a little bit more sense why he waited two days. Not really, but it would make sense to an extent. Or I thought, well, I wonder, he could be really close, but he also could be far away. So I did some study, and I did some research, and I found out that Jesus was a whole day away. He was an entire day walk away, whether that's walking on foot or riding on a camel or jumping on the back of a donkey. He was one day away. So think about it. It took the messenger, whoever that was, to come all the way to Jesus and tell him about Lazarus. One day it took for that person to come. Okay? Jesus says, I'm going to be here for two days. Doom, doom. Day three. All right? Day three. And then Jesus says, all right, let's go. Takes a whole day, gets over there. Day four. So he's getting there at the conclusion of day four or at the beginning of day five. Okay? That's how the timeline would work out. So I'm like, okay, interesting. If he's been, if he's been dead for four days and he's been in the tomb, what's going on here? What's going on with a body four days, five days, into death? So I did some research. Now, I don't want to gross anybody out or disgust anybody by any means, so please, don't think that's what I'm trying to do today. But I want you to get a good picture of what's happening here. So most theologians believe that at this point, it was the fifth day, okay, it was the fifth day, and so I put it all together, and I I began to think like this don't make no sense, and so I begin to study the death of a body, and I know that's weird, and I begin and it, but it, but as I begin to study the death of, of, a, of a body, things begin to come together for me, and things begin to make sense, because if you read later on in the scripture, when G, when when they open the tomb, the woman says. Look, he's clearly dead. He, he, he's, he's, he looks like death, okay? In other words, at this point, day five, a corpse, a dead body, would have literally split open or exploded from the gases in the body. Now, we like to think we bury a person, we put them in a coffin, and all that stuff, that their body remains nice and kept for a while. No, that's not the case because everything's dead, Okay, on the inside, and gases begin to fill up the body. And it's scientific, scientific proven, scientists, all this stuff, everybody that's study bodies and all that, day five, day six, the body splits open, or it can explode, or parts of it can open up, okay, because of the gases that are in the body. Have to have a way of escape. So here, here they open up the tomb, and she sees that. He's split, or... He's opened up somehow and and says, look, Jesus, I mean, he's clearly dead. Like He's past death here. I mean, look at this. This is crazy. But do you remember that Jesus said back in the scriptures earlier that the sickness will not end in death, but it's for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So he said four or five days before, I know... It will look like death. I know it will smell like death. I know it will appear to be ugly and look like this person is too far gone. But I have a plan. Wait two days, put him in the tomb, let him chill there for four days. It doesn't matter. Wait, I've got a plan. They open the tomb and they clearly see that Lazarus, this dude, is gone. I mean, there is no way on God's green earth that a, a person can, can be revived at this point. And Jesus looks at him and says, no, he's good. And he says, Lazarus, get up. Lazarus, be healed, right? And he calls out Lazarus healing. And supernaturally, Lazarus' body comes together. And he, he stands up and he comes walking out of the tomb. And it says that the crowd of people were, were cheering and rejoicing and all that kind of stuff. It's a great story. I love what happens. I love that he gets healed. It doesn't make any kind of sense to us how God can heal that, but he did. How God can heal a body that has been resting for five days or four days and look the way it's looked, how God can do that. So begin to think, well, what was Martha and Mary thinking? Jesus opens his tomb, this dude has been gone, he is clearly dead, and they see him, and I can imagine they were just, ooh, terrified, right, grossed out, saddened, all that kind of stuff, and Jesus says, no, I'm going to heal him, and he heals him, right, but I was thinking, what were, what were they feeling, what were they going through during this time? Where they sent the message to Jesus, knowing that he was a day away. They sent the message to him. They waited on him two days. Still nothing. I can imagine the pain and the anguish and just the the anxiousness and just the, you know, come on, where are you, Jesus? We need this healing. And they waited. What kind of lessons did they learn? In the midst of their grief. What kind of pain and and anguish were they feeling. Not knowing if he would ever come. What what, what did they feel as they sat there. And as they decided one day. You know what let's just go ahead and bury him. And close the tomb up. I could imagine they said to each other. I guess he ain't coming. I guess God is. I guess Jesus is not going to come heal him. Go ahead put him in the tomb. Jesus isn't coming go ahead seal the tomb up it's too late it's it's too far gone there there's no hope he's not coming have you ever felt that way he ain't going to answer that prayer now maybe it's not his will I, I give up you know I've been praying about this thing for a couple months it's He ain't doing anything. He's not. It's it's all right. I'll just stop praying about that. I believed in this for forty years. He hasn't done anything with it, so I guess I'll just change it up. Change my thoughts. Change my patterns. Change my prayer life. He ain't doing anything. He ain't coming. He ain't gonna heal. He ain't gonna save. He ain't gonna restore. He ain't going to deliver. Have there ever been times in your life where you felt that way? Where you thought it ain't going to happen. Imagine Mary and Martha sitting there and they've got their loved one and all of a sudden come to the conclusion that he ain't doing anything and taking him and burying him in the tomb. Just imagine that pain as they rolled that stone in front of that grave. Knowing that Jesus hadn't done nothing yet. You know, it's in those moments where we say we lose faith. It's in those moments where we say, Well, I'll just give up on God or I'll just stop praying. It's in those kind of moments. And that's the way they were. That's where they were. That's what they were feeling in that in the midst of that situation. I can bet you with everything that I know that, that they they were they were gone. They were devastated. And I can bet you that their grief was great, but their disappointment was greater. Have you ever had a moment of grief or pain or sorrow because of a situation, but because Jesus wasn't doing anything in that moment, you were disappointed. And your disappointment was great. Listen, that's why I believe today we're going to have some freedom in this house. Because listen, at the end of it all, he had a plan. They didn't know the plan. They didn't see the plan. They didn't even know he was coming. But he knew all along. He said it from the very beginning. I'm going to go and I'm going to heal him. They didn't hear that. They didn't know that. They were a whole day away. They didn't know that Jesus was going to come. Day one went by. Day two went by. They certainly gave up by now. They did not know that Jesus was still going to come. They did not know that Jesus was still going to heal. But he had a plan. You know the scripture that says his ways are not our ways? Wow. What a great example. His ways are definitely not our ways. His ways were definitely not the way that Martha and Mary wanted it to go. That was not his way. And I've learned one thing about Jesus is that it's this. It may not look like it's the right time, but he's always on time. He is always, always on time always on time I love this story because he literally he literally I I bet he did this just to kind of really just get people to their feet he literally waited until the body was split open before he did something he's on time it don't make sense to us, it didn't make sense to them, but it made sense to God. He, Jesus probably thought, you know what, I'm going to do something that looks so impossible. This, th- this body is going to look so gone, but I'm going to show them that even though I took a, t- a two-day trip, a three-day trip to come here, they were waiting on me a long time, I'm still going to heal this man. What looks impossible right now is not impossible because of me. Listen. What looks impossible right now in your situation is very possible with God. You might not want to wait. You might not want to wait another day or another second. But I'm telling you, like I told you before, he's working. He's working. He's working. And some of you need to be that. That needs to be drilled into your mind and drilled into your spirit, man. Because we get so frustrated in the wait. We feel like Mary. We feel like Martha. We come to the point where we say, God, you don't make no kind of sense. God don't make any sense right now. I still haven't got a job. God, you make no sense. God, you don't you ain't doing anything for me. You don't care about me. You don't hear me. I've been praying for 15 years for my son to be saved. God, you never done it. I guess you don't hear me. I guess you don't want him to be saved. I'm stepping out today and saying That's the Mary and Martha disease. That's the Mary and Martha spirit. They loved Jesus. They were with them all the time. They had a spirit of deception. They had a spirit of defeat. They had a spirit of discouragement. They had a spirit of of lack of patience, uh, uh, just whatever it may be that came on them in that moment. And it's so easy to. But Jesus was right on time. Can I tell you, in your situation, Jesus is right on time? Turn to somebody and say, Jesus is right on time. Turn to the other person and say, Jesus is right on time. Say, see, some of y'all needed to hear that because some of you didn't know he was right on time or he's going to be on time, but he's on time, amen? He's on time. And listen, you may feel like the wait is a waste, but listen, with God, a waiting season is never a wasted season. A waiting season is never a wasted season. So many times we go through and we have to wait, 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 and we say, that was just a waste. That was just a waste of my time. That was just a waste of prayers. That was just a waste of going to church and believing for that. That was a waste of calling that person and asking for prayer. That's just a waste. A waiting season is never a wasted season. Two things. Everybody say two things that I want you to write down today. Two points that I want to make. Two things to remember when waiting on God. Two things to remember when waiting on God. I believe this is going to set you free today. Number one, I love this. Here we go. Number one, God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. God's delays aren't necessarily God's denials. Now think about that for a minute. We wait on God. Have you ever come to a point where you've been waiting and you just said, I guess, I guess that's not for me, or I guess that, that's not his will, or I guess that's not something that he wants to do, or, or whatever it may be? God's delays aren't necessarily God's denials. Listen, God will never deny you of a good thing. God will never deny you of a good season. God will never deny you of a blessing. God will never deny you of a reward. He is not like that. And so just because you have to wait, just because there's a delay, doesn't mean you're denied. There is no no access denied in the kingdom. Everything in the kingdom is access granted. Do you believe that? Everything in the kingdom is access granted. Anything you need, anything you want, anything you go after, according to God's will and his power, listen, belongs to you. So when we talk about financial blessings, listen, it's not for some people and not for others. It's for you. Everything that God has to offer is for you. Verse 4 said, When he heard this, Jesus said, The sickness will not end in death, It's for the glory of God that my son may be glorified through it, right? See, we know that Lazarus was going to be healed, but in that moment, Mary and Martha didn't. See, sometimes we get so caught up in the delay or the wait that we truly think it's God's denial. But I've come to find out this about God. Is that many delays are divine delays. Many delays are divine delays. We don't like waiting. Many waiting times, many waiting season, are divine. They're from God. They're orchestrated by God. They're for a reason and they're for a purpose. Going back to what I said at the beginning, we don't like to wait. We don't like to wait. We're impatient people. We don't like to sit around and wait for things. We don't like to wait in lines. We don't like doing those kind of things. And we certainly have a hard time many times waiting on God. But his delays are always divine delays. Have you ever been needing something from the Lord and you, you ask God for something and then all of a sudden some random person came up to you and gave you a word and it was just exactly what you needed to hear, exactly what you were praying for? Have you ever been going, driving down the road and then all of a sudden you saw a sign and, and you've been praying for something, believe it or you've been feeling some sort of way and you prayed that God would, and then you saw something and it just was right there, was just for you or whatever it may be. Or you may have been feeling so discouraged and so down and you get on Facebook because you have nothing else to do. And you're scrolling through Facebook and then all of a sudden somebody posts on there, God loves you so much, I just want to encourage you today that, you know, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And you read that, you're like, man, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. It's because his delays and his timing are all divine. They're for the right time, at the right moment, just for you. And he always shows up at the right time and does exactly what we need. See, God always has a reason for a not yet. We we hate waiting. We hate the not yet or just wait a little bit or whatever it may be. And we hate waiting on that. But God always has a reason for the not yet. See, God often wants to do something in you before he does something for you. He always wants to do something in you before he can do something for you. I've come to find that out so many times, so many times. Before that prayer is answered, God got to work in me a little bit more too. Or, or before I actually pray about that thing, have you, ever, have you ever been praying for a healing and then you realized in yourself, like, can I really believe this for myself? Like, I can pray for others for healing, but do I really believe that if, if I get sick, I can lay my hands on myself and be healed? Listen, there was a time when I came to that point where uh, there was like a, a brief time that I realized that like the healing just the healing flow wasn't coming forth. It's because I was going through my knee thing. And I'm like, well, my knee isn't getting healed. And so if I pray for others and they're getting healed, how does that make sense, right? And I begin to question God and say, this doesn't make sense. And so I went through a season, a really short time, where I wasn't being used in the flow and the pattern that I wanted to be used in. It's because I didn't believe that for myself. Because a lot of times before he can do it through you, he wants to do something in you. Before he wants to do something for you, he wants to do something in you first. See, so many of you are believing for for salvations in your family. But inside, you're full of bitterness and anger and, and just all kinds of stuff that you've had held up towards that person or towards parts of that family, whatever it may be. And God has never answered that prayer because he needs to do something in you first. Now, I know we don't like that. I know that doesn't make sense, but that's exactly how God works. That's exactly how he does things. See, sometimes the wait or the delay is that it's actually a testing period. It's actually a testing time where he sees, are, are you really going to do? Are you really going to do it? Are you really going to believe it? Are you really going to say it? Those things that you pray about all the time, do you really believe that? Do you really believe that? Can I really do that? Can I really use you? Listen, church. Just because you don't see anything happening does not mean God is not working. With God, a waiting season is never a wasted season. It's never a wasted season. See, your business might look like it's not growing right now, but He's working. Your relationship might look like it's not going to work out, but He's working. Your health might not feel like it's improving, but He's working. It's not His denial, it's not His denial, it's divine delay. Amen. So turn to somebody and say, it might not look like it, but he's still working. Come on, say it again. It might not look like it, but he's still working. Amen. Hallelujah. Number two, number two. Number two is this. If God always met your expectations, he never have the opportunity to exceed them. If God always met your expectations, he'd never have the opportunity to exceed them. Wow, think about that. Think about that. If he always answered right then and there in that moment, if he always did exactly what you asked right there in that moment, or always did whatever it may be right then and there to that second, to that T, you would never experience the fullness of him. You would never. You would never experience the fullness of his power. You know, before I started seeing legs grown out and different things like that, I had to start believing for earaches and toothaches and a headache and stuff like that. And once I saw God use me to heal people like that, then I realized, okay, now I've got now I know that he can do that. Well he can certainly grow out somebody's leg, or he can certainly heal somebody that can't walk, or he can certainly heal a back that has all messed up. If he always met your expectations. He never have the opportunity to exceed them because he wants to do more and he wants to do greater and he wants to do better. Somebody say amen. See, verses 23 through 26 later says this. It says, Jesus said, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So hold up. So she knew that that Jesus could heal. And she knew that what Jesus was saying was true. But she didn't believe it for herself in that moment. She said, yeah, I know he'll heal. But on the day that you come back. On the day of resurrection when everybody goes. I know know he'll be healed in that moment. He's going to be in the tomb for a while. We're going to miss him. I know he'll eventually get healed. I know that, Jesus. But that's not what Jesus was saying. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and life. So she said. She said, "Well, I know he will rise again in the resurrection in the last days." He said, "Hold up, on, hold up, on, hope. I am the resurrection. I am the life. So, in other words, no, no, you're not going to have to wait for him to to get healed later. You're gonna have. You're gonna see a healing done through me right now. Listen, God is with you right now." He wants to heal you right now. He wants to set you free right now. He wants to bless you right now. He wants to increase some things within you right now. He wants to open that door right now. He wants to give you a better job right now. He wants to turn your life around right now. He wants to see your family transformed right now. Come on. Listen, that is the way He is. He is the resurrection in life. So many times we don't believe it for ourselves when we say He's going to do it later, and God says, no, I'm doing it right now. How many of you want God to do it right now? Right now, God. Just do it. Lift up your hands. Believe it with me. In Jesus' name, God, do it right now. Do it right now, God. Lord, we know you can do it. Do it right now. We believe you can do it. Do it right now. We've seen you do it before. Do it right now. We believe right now that you are the resurrection in life. We don't have to wait 10, 15 years. We don't have to wait till you're returning. God, you can do it right now, right now. Now, in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say amen. See, Mary and Martha wanted a healing, but Jesus wanted a resurrection. See, their, 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 their sight was a little bit off. They were focused on the wrong thing because they didn't truly believe what they had in and They didn't truly believe that he would do it. So they were so focused on the healing in that moment when Jesus says, hold up, I'm focused on the resurrection. I'm focused on the life that I am, that I can provide. That man is dead. I am life. All he needs is a touch. All he needs is a word, and I can provide that. So don't focus on the healing. Focus on me. See, that's what intrigued me about this story. Who cares that Lazarus got healed? That's great. I wasn't focused on that. I was focused on the timeline. And I was focused on the words that Jesus said. I knew Lazarus was going to get healed. I knew it would happen because he prophesied that it would happen. He spoke it out. So I wasn't worried about that. At that point, right at the beginning of this story, I laid back and said, Cool, he's going to get healed. I don't have to worry about that. He is the resurrection in life. He is the resurrection in life for your situation right now. Right now. He's the resurrection in life for your healing right now. He's the resurrection in life for everything that you need in your life right now. Hallelujah. Just because you are not married doesn't mean God isn't preparing someone. Just because you lost one job doesn't mean that a better one is coming. Just because you can't conceive now doesn't mean you won't conceive soon. Woo! Come on. Just because you're not feeling good right now doesn't mean he's not going to heal you right now. Hey! Jesus. I'm write, just write this down and I'm done. It's going to help you out more than anything else this whole morning. Write this down. Tweet it. Put it on your mirror. Whatever you need to do. This is so good. Listen church. The scene of your greatest disappointment. Maybe the setting of your greatest miracle. Oh I must say it again. Because some of you got it. Some of you didn't. the scene of your greatest disappointment. Maybe the setting. Of your greatest miracle. Wow. It might not look like it right now. It might not have made sense. The timing you thought might not have been at the right time. It might not have looked like it was all in order and all straight. But there's a greater miracle. There's a greater blessing coming your way. There's a greater answer that God's about to take care of. See, God wants to take your expectations and exceed them beyond what you can ever hope for and imagine. That's just who He is. Stand up with me. As you stand up, I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, God is about to interrupt your situation and exceed your requests. Come on, turn to the other person and say, God is about to interrupt your situation and exceed your request. I prophesy that right now over some of you. God's about to interrupt your situation right now. He's about to step in and say, hold on, wait a second, move out of the way. Hold on, devil, get out of here. This is my place. He's about to interrupt your situations right now. And not only is he going to interrupt your situation, then he's going to exceed your request. Some of you have been praying for some things for a really long time. He not only is going to answer it, but he's going to exceed it far beyond anything you can ever hope for. See, some of you have sons and daughters and nieces and nephews that aren't saved. And you've been praying for one, and God's about to save all. Because he's going to exceed all beyond your expectations. Some of you have just been wanting a better job. But he's not only going to give you a better job, but he's going to give you more money than you've ever made before. So he's going to exceed. He's going to exceed your expectations. He's going to exceed your expectations. So some of you have been trying to have children. I don't know why I've been saying this all morning, trying to conceive and all that. Some, some of you have been wanting to have children. Not only is he going to give you one in this season, but he's going to give you more in the future. Come on, He's going to exceed, 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 exceed. Come on, that is who he is. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of God in this place. I feel the anointing of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, if, if, if anything related to you this morning, and you walked in here thinking and believing sometimes that God doesn't make any sense, come on, this is for you today. He's setting you free right now. He's setting you free right now. He's opening doors for you right now. He's exceeding your expectations right now. The wait is over right now. He's working on your behalf right now. It may not make sense, but it makes perfect sense to God. He's always on time. He's removing that, that Martha and Mary disease that you've been carrying for so long. He's, he's eliminating it right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, come on, what are you believing for? What are you praying for? I dare you, pray for it one more time. Come on, ask God for that thing one more time. Step out in faith just one more time and watch what he does. I know you've been praying for that for 20 years. Do it again, do it again, do it again. Come on, you never give up on God. He's never given up on you. Hallelujah, come on, pray one more time. Believe one more time.